be able to prove, oh glory to God, what is that good? What is that perfect? What is that acceptable will of God? Hallelujah. So I pray that you and I, as time goes by, our lives would be an example of God's will. When people want to know how a Christian is, what, what, what happens to a Christian, they'll look at us and say, wow, I want to, do, I want to be like this. I want my life to be like this. They, that, may that be my story and your story. Where people will see us. Amen. Amen. Do you want that? Where people will see you and say, wow, I want to be a Christian because this person is blessed. This person is flourishing. This person is rich. This person is, 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 has received blessings, so many blessings that I don't know what to do. I want that. That is what God has for you and I. Hallelujah. Amen. And I, I want to encourage us to be people of confession. Every day when you are taking your bath or at any whatever time you give it, you, you give yourself. Father God, I thank you I'm blessed. Thank you that I'm healed. Thank you that I have divine healing. Thank you, oh God, that every part of my body is working well. Thank you, oh God, that every cell, every ligament, every nerve, every uh, 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 organ, every part of my body is divinely healthy. Thank you, oh God, that I'm blessed. Thank you, oh God, that I'm not poor, but I'm rich. Thank you, oh God, that I'm not weak, but I'm strong. We must confess. Thank you, O oh God, that I'm the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. As we confess the things that are in the word of God, they become our portion. Can I have an amen? amen. Hallelujah. So we've been talking about faith, sorry, victory. Victory when faith seems weak. Victory when faith seems weak. So let's continue. Hallelujah. Let's look at our golden key text. We have three. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. Hallelujah. I want to say God bless you to the online viewers. I want to say that just expect God to do something in your life. Expect your life not to be the same again. Amen. 1 John 5, 4 and 5. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Phoebe, do you understand? Whatever, whoever, whatever is born of God or initiated of God, or started by God, overcomes the world. And we achieve this victory by our faith. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, faith in what? Even sitting down, you have faith that when you sit, the chair is not going to give way. So you, you have faith in that. You have confidence in that. That's why you sit down on it. Otherwise, if the chair were to give way, you fall to the ground and embarrass yourself. Hallelujah. So you have confidence that when you sit on it, it's going to work. In the same way, you and I must have confidence in God. Not because faith in what? What is fear? Fear is negative faith. Fear is having faith in what the devil can do. Fear is having faith in what the devil can do and not having confidence in what God can do. That's why God always said, do not fear. Anytime there is fear, whether it's coming from a person, whether it's coming from an angel, whether it's coming from a situation, anytime there is fear, the devil is there. And, 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 and it doesn't mean that God wasn't there because when an angel comes, the person is afraid. The devil tries to block the blessing that is coming. That's why the angel will say quickly, fear not. Fear not so that you can receive your blessing. 
when Jesus was asleep and the apostles were afraid, why are you afraid? Why, are you, uh, why didn't you have enough faith? Why didn't you have faith? You should have just believed. So God always comes with the message, fear not. 2 Timothy 1.7. So faith in what? It has to be faith in something. We'll talk about that's verse 5. But let's go to 2 Timothy 1.7. Or 2 Timothy. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When we are talking about fear, the spirit of fear, it, it, we, we will talk more about what fear is and how it affects us. And how Job said, the thing I have greatly feared has come upon me. So, 1 John 5, 4 and 5 again. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Am I hearing something from somebody? Can I have an amen? amen. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Amen. And this is the victory, or we achieve this victory. You see, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, or has received victory. But we achieve this victory through our faith. Now, let's find out what the faith is in. Who is he that overcometh the world? You don't forget that you can only overcome the world by faith. Now, who is he who has overcome the world by faith? The one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. So you have to believe that Jesus is the son of God. To have faith in that. When you have faith that Jesus is the son of God, glory to God, you have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Let's also look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of the Pope's might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of your pastor's might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of David Saki's might. That one day you're going down. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wiles, the methods, the schemes, the tricks, the methodia of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Meaning that our struggle is not against human beings. It's not against your boss. So don't fight the boss. It's not against your grandmother. Actually, your grandma's grandpa, grandparents actually, treat, I mean, seek the best interest of the children. So don't worry about your grandparents. Love them. It's not against your parents. Your mother didn't try to hurt, kill you. It's not your mother. It's not your father. Most probably it's not. Don't fight them. It's not against the, the auntie, even though maybe the auntie or uncle or relative or whoever, they could be used by the devil, but it's not against them. You are fighting. But against principalities. Who? Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness. Wicked spirits. They hate us because they hate God. They are full of hate. And they hate each other. They hate us because they are hate. But they hate us so much because they hate God and we are the object of God's love. So because we are the object of God's love and they hate God so much, they hate us. So they are motivated to work together because they hate us so much. Wicked spirits in heavenly places. 
Wherefore? In fact, before you get to the wherefore, remember we will go back to Ephesians 6.13. Look at Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. NLT. Once you were dead, doomed forever because of your many sins, you used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince of the power of the air. Remember, obeying Satan. You used to live, when, you were not, when people who are not Christians used to obey Satan, when they were full of sin, the mighty prince of the power of the air. He is the spirit at work in the heart of those who refuse to obey God. So it doesn't mean that the one who is being you, it, it, it doesn't mean that the person who is fighting against you is the devil. No. Peter, who was the rock, was uh, uh, trying to be used by the devil when he, uh, 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 he said, Jesus, do not die. And then Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. So we are not fighting the person, but the devil sometimes uses people. Not because he has control over them. Not because he even uh, 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 is possessing them or controlling them. No. Sometimes he incites people to do things against you and I. So you and I need to pray against the entity fighting us or the entity being used by them. Does that make sense? So what, what does it mean? It means when you are going through opposition, don't be angry with the person. Don't fight the person. Don't insult the person. Don't challenge the person. Don't have a showdown. I remember there was in church in Minneapolis, two ladies had a showdown over a guy. I don't know, almost fist fights. We had to drag, drive, the, drive, drive them out of the, the church. That's what we are talking about. Almost a fist fight, shouting. We had to, and I didn't want God's how to be profane. So I had to get, get out to shout, drive them out of the, the church. Ashes, get them out. So I don't, because they were trying to use profanity against each other. So I had to get them out so that God's house will still be, I mean, what is that? Go and sort your differences out outside. Don't bring it into the church. Who told you to? Why didn't you just settle things? Why, why, who told you to go and start fighting with a man? It means that you should go for another, I mean, just go, forget about it and live for Jesus. What do you think? <laughs> so don't fight. Don't, so you are not to fight that person in church or at home. Rather pray. Be on your knees and pray. And our Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13. So finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to fight against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that he may be able to withstand in the evil day. Verse 14. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins get about the truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith he shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And the, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for your family members. For all saints, including those who are not in your family. Then the next verse, 2 Timothy, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 3. Am I preaching to somebody? And it will just take off. 
so that we can get to the next point. But I always used to wonder where my pastors used to preach and then series, then they'll go over, they'll go over, they'll go over. I used to say, come on, I want to get to the next point. But it's important because by the time the series is finished, you would have, you would know the thing because you don't, hearing it once, twice, is not enough. By the time the series is done, you will know, point one, two, three, you know it very well. So that's, I learned that and I saw that there's wisdom in that. That's why we're doing it like this way. Hallelujah to Jesus. Apostle Paul said, for the things, for me to repeat the same things unto you, it's not grievous, but for your benefit. Now, I, I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with you, that uh, with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Meaning that there are some who are opposing Apostle Paul and opposing the apostles and opposing the church at Corinth by teaching other doctrines that are contrary to what Apostle Paul was teaching. They were saying different things and they, 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 they were kind of talking against Apostle Paul. They were, they, they were trying to accuse him falsely, do all sorts of things. Hallelujah. At least that's the kind of, yeah. And Apostle Paul said, don't mind these people. They are behaving as if and thinking about us as if we are walking according to the flesh. But though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We are not fighting a human battle. We are not fighting the person. We are not fighting a person. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Look at an NLT and let's see what carnal means. Which, of course, are not worldly weapons. Insults. Fights. Slaps. Fist fight. I was in the church once and I preached on love. I thought that was the end of the church in Minneapolis. We were in a hotel then. I preached on love. And I asked the whole congregation, how many of you are going to walk in love? 100% lifted up their hands. Shortly after, there was a fist fight. <laughs> the, 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 um, the people had to hold them. Two men, almost blows. <laughs> and I said, no, what are you talking about? You can't say that you're walking in love. If you're walking in love, there wouldn't have been almost a fist fight. Shouting, insulting, the wives came shouting. They had to drive them, drag them out. The hotel, everybody was watching. The Christians, they said they are Christians. And there's a fist fight and shouts. No, that's not the weapon we are talking about. I said, those are not the weapons we are talking about. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Are not carnal, back to King James. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations, and it goes on. Every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. So we said that the first way, what to do? What do you do? What do you do when your faith seems weak? How do you receive victory when your faith is weak? Number one, know where the opposition comes from. Number two, be sure you are not walking in sin. Be sure. Be sure. Be sure. Judge yourself so you not be judged by the Lord. Judge yourself to make sure. Make sure that your heart does not condemn you. Lay aside every weight. We talked about that last week. Lay aside every weight. Let's look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. 
we will not take, spend too much time on, on, on these verses. I'll just say a few things about them because we'll talk about faith another time. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now, what is... There is a very important word. Every word here is important. Look at it in NESB and then ESV and I'll come back to King James. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. ESV. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. See that? That's why. I, I'll talk about that later on. The translations. We talked about the translations. So, you see that Look at King James, uh, uh, oh, okay, King James, NESB, ESV, you say, see exactly the same things. The most accurate translation is the NESB. King James is also very accurate. The reason why NESB is more accurate is because of the manuscripts. The, the most recent, more reliable manuscripts were, was used by the NESB and ESV and some of the other sources. King James was written with the manuscripts that they had before they discovered the newer manuscripts. Hallelujah. That's the only reason why NESB will beat King James. Hallelujah. And so NESB is the most accurate. But if you are going to talk about accuracy, then the interlinear Bible is more accurate than them. Why? Because interlinear Bible, God said, God said, I come, if God wanted to say, I went home yesterday, yesterday went home, I, that's interlinear because it is directly from Greek or Hebrew to English. But NESB and the others, they use the, 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 the rules of translation to translate from Greek or Hebrew to English. So there, there will be some, it will make sense. Meaning that, but if you look at interlinear, it says, I, God, came yesterday, it's, all over the place because it's direct translation. Hallelujah. So that's why I said that ESV, NESB, King James will always be in sync. Hallelujah. The only time they will not be in sync is because of places anyway. We'll talk about that in Bible study. Hallelujah. Am I, are you getting me? Very important because you, when you have the last verses from Mark 16 verse 9 onwards, yes, the earlier, man, the, the most recent manuscripts. I don't want to say, but those who know, know. Otherwise, I have to do a lot of explanation. Hallelujah. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. NLT. All the other ones are interpretive. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. So you see that NLT and the others are trying to make it easier in our English language to understand. So scholars get together and then they decide, Greek scholars or in Hebrew scholars, what is the best way to, well, Greek scholars because the uh, 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 Septuagint was written already in the Old Testament. But what does this verse mean? Let's decide on what it means. You see how nice it's written. It's easier to follow. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. It makes it easier to understand. Can I have an amen? amen. So, what is faith? Faith is the confident assurance that what we hope for will happen. 
Number one, faith is two parts. Number one. Number two, it is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. So faith is confidence in what we are hoping for. And it is also the conviction or the assurance of things we don't have yet. Are you getting me? So it means that without hope, I can't have faith. If I don't have hope, I cannot have faith. Go back to King James. So I need hope. I need to hope for the future. Hope is for the future. I hope that on my wedding day, it will not rain. I hope that when I am 60 years old, this would happen. I, so I'm hoping for the future. I'm hope, hope is expectation of something good in the future. But if you don't have hope, you first need to have hope that there is something good to happen in the future before you can convert it to now. The King James is now, faith is today. Faith, you have it before you have it. Hope is future. Faith is now. So you and I, anytime we have faith, we must know that we have it before we have it. Otherwise, what's the point of faith? If you've received it already physically, then there's no need for faith. Faith is complete. It's only when you've not received it that you have confidence because this is the evidence of things not seen. You don't have it yet. That's when you use your faith. So if you've had it already, you can't say I'm walking in faith for something I have. I'm walking in faith for something I'm hoping for I don't have yet, but I believe I have it in my hands now, and that is why I have faith. So sometimes many people give up when the answer is coming, because faith says I have it now even when it's not yet in my hands. That's why faith is the substance. Hope is immaterial. It's not tangible because it's a future thing, but faith brings tangibility to hope. So hope is now tangible. That's why faith is the substance. Hope didn't have substance, but faith gives substance to hope. Are you sure? And evidence when you've not seen it yet. I don't have it yet, but I have the evidence that it is mine. Think about it. God, I pray for the car. I don't have the car yet, but I have confidence and I know without a doubt that the car is mine. Actually, I even have the title of it, even though I don't have it. Why? Because I have, I have confidence because of the evidence. Where is the evidence? Did, they, did you talk to anyone who gave you the assurance? No, the Bible is the evidence. Who glory to God. Because the Bible says so, it is mine. So finding scripture, backing what you are looking for, and you have a solid foundation for faith. We'll touch a bit on that before we end. Hallelujah. We need faith and patience to receive the promises. Hebrews 6.12 Be not lazy or slothful, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So you can have faith, but if you don't have patience to wait for God to act. Because remember that God had given Daniel the answer already. Three weeks before. He was praying for three weeks. God had given Daniel the answer already. The answer was just coming. But so far as heaven was concerned, Daniel had the prayers answered. But Daniel just needed to wait. And then during the three weeks, what happened? And the angel came. I thought you put your hands together for Jesus.
So that's why you need patience. So be not lazy, but be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Am I preaching to somebody? Just touching on these. Romans 1, 12. And we know how faith comes. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. By Romans 1, 12. That is that I may be conformed. Is it Romans 17? Sorry, Romans 1, 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Who glory to God. It means that the one who has been justified of God, the one who has been made right with God, the one who is righteous, that person is supposed to live a life of faith. Very important. Because you and I were justified by faith and we are to live that way because we are believers. Hebrews 10.38. And then we'll read Habakkuk 2.4. Hebrews 10.38. Now, not in the sweet by and by. Not yesterday, not, not tomorrow. Now, the just shall live by faith. This is a quotation of, they were quoting the Old Testament. Many times they quote the Old Testament because the Old Testament is scripture. But if any man draw back from faith and start to doubt, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. No doubt. No doubt. Faith is now. Now the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4 Behold, this is very important. They quoted from this verse. His soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by the pastor's faith. The just shall live by the Pope's faith. The just shall live by Benin's faith. That's why I can listen to t- uh, Christian television. The fact that uh, someone who is known said it does not mean that God said it. Somebody was saying something that was off. I didn't take it. So I can't say that I'm having faith in the person because what the person... No, what does the Bible say? What the guy said was a bit extreme. On TV and the guy said, you can take another woman, a man, because he was going into the, 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 the grace, took it to level 100 and said that you can go for another woman. A man, you just go for another woman and willingly just flow and just have your way and then you die, you go to heaven. And the person said, why? And the person said, we've been forgiven our past, present, and future sins. We we have been forgiven our past, present, and future sins, but (laughs) he he died for us. But even though we've been forgiven that, we are not to intentionally live in sin. But he said that, which was an error, that when when Jesus said, when the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He said it was not written to believers. There's no need to confess our sins because they are already forgiven. It's not, it wasn't written to believers. It was written to the unbelievers. An error 
he may have been pastor. Whether he's big pastor, small pastor, high pastor, low pastor, it's error because 1 John 2 says, My little children. My little children are not unbelievers. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. That ends that unbeliever story. Hallelujah. So when, when, when you see things like that, so the just shall live by his faith. That faith that comes by the person knowing God and reading the Bible for themselves. Am I shouting to somebody? Yeah. That faith that comes by knowing God for yourself. Some people are picking what he said and they are cruising. They, are, they, have more, they, they are just flowing. <laughs> because if you could find verses like that in the Bible, that's a whole different story. Oh, that, I've done things a bit differently. <laughs> but you can't find scripture to back it, so it's unfortunate. You can't do it. David's time is past. No, all these people who say, oh, David, King David's time, all those things, it's, it's, Jesus ended that. <laughs> Jesus has ended that theology, so that doesn't hold any longer. You can't. It's, yeah, you can't. You won't be able to. It won't work. Hallelujah. Am I preaching to somebody? Who glory? Okay, faith to move mountains. We read about that. James two four. Now let's go to the third. Now the next thing will be in Galatians. Now the next way to walk in victory. Galatians chapter five, verse six. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith, who glory to God, which worketh by love. NLT. No, in fact, NESV, ESV, and then finally NLT. I'm showing you how to have your Bible study. When you're having your Bible study, don't just have one version. Have multiple versions. And it's good to have Bible. When you have Bible, physical Bible, when you're having quiet time, it's different from going online. Because the margins, you're able to get certain truths, certain powerful things when you have the Bible open. So I think the online, even though it's good, many people miss out on many blessings of deep, quiet time when they don't have the Bible open, physical Bible, and they are turning pages. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith working through love. ESV. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Similar. Now let's go to NLT and let's continue. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, you see, it's explaining it. It makes no difference to God whether we are circumcised or not circumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. It means that if we are not working in love, our faith will not work completely. If I'm not working in love or you are not working in love, it means when you are working in faith, it would it would not work the way it should. It means that those who are not working in love and their faith is working in a certain way, imagine you are, you are, it's, it's like maybe 20%. I'm just giving numbers, but it is lower. Imagine if you are working in love 
it will be quadruple what you are doing. When we place our faith in Christ Jesus, it makes no difference to God whether we are Jewish or we are un unbelievers, whether we are circumcised or uncircumcised. We are talking about male circumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. So I have faith in God and because I have faith in God, I'm expressing my faith in God by how I love God. Because I have faith in God, I'm expressing my faith in God by how I love others. Because the Bible makes it very clear that because God is love, if I don't love the ones I can see, I'm lying to myself and to everyone when I see I love God who I cannot see. Hallelujah. Wow. First John chapter 4 from verse 7 to 21 but 16 is the, the part we like or we are focusing on but let's start from 7 to 21 so we can the, get the context oh how many Christians don't read context and they go into tangent when you don't read the context you shoot because you've taken a verse Who you shoot in confidence by your error because I was talking to a pastor recently and I was telling them that I read it in context. I don't just take a verse you, you are giving me. I don't take what you are saying. I don't buy it. Because you have to take the verse in context. What the, the person, what, what was God saying? The person who God spoke through. Who was he speaking to? What, was his inten what were his intentions? What was he trying to say? That will take you to a surer place than taking that single verse. Because you can take a verse as uh, slaves, be, uh, be, uh, 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 obey your masters. You've taken that verse one. Okay, where are the slaves? No, but when you read it in context, you understand what he's talking about. Amen? Christians, please remember to do those things. Take the verse, start from the context, and you'll be surprised what you find. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Remember, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now the Bible is making it clear who the one is who is born of God. So let me say it in another way. The one who loves overcomes the world because the one who loves is born of God. So the one who loves is born of God and therefore overcomes the world. It means when you are not in love, you, don't, you cannot overcome the world. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. The domain of God, when I say domain, it means the arena or the, 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 the domain, the, the, the circle where God blesses and you cannot be touched by the devil and you are protected is the arena of love those the kids when you can put your hands together for the lord when they were children babies young ones not not these older guys now <laughs> i remember they told me please use me as an example they begged me before they are a bit older now they forgot it. they begged me to use them as a dark like very soon she will be up she, hallelujah they, 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 one of the tracks we used to play some Christian songs for them every night. 
His banner over me is love. Dun, da, 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 da. His banner over me is love. Yeah. The, the God's banner is love. There, there, are two, there are two banners. You choose. There is an army and the banner of Christ's army is love. There is another army. The banner is hate, unforgiveness, retaliation, all these things. That's the banner of the other army. And that army, the circle is not love. Love and all else. Once you are in the all else, you will not have victory most of the time. Why? Because it's the devil who decides whether or not you win this battle or not. With God's approval. Meaning that God is still supreme and he would keep people and protect them. But you stand a less chance of winning your battles when you are in the domain of all else but love. But everyone in, who glory to God, everyone in the, in the arena or the, the circle of love wins the battle all the time. Similar to two people, two, two armies. The army of love is walking around, the army of hate. But you are in between then the army of love cannot really cover you because you are not in it. You have to be in it well. That's why it is only those who are born of God or only those who are loving one another who overcome the world. Only. Let's continue. Verse 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God. If you don't love people, you don't know God. You, are, you, you can be a preacher. You can, you, you can be whatever. If you don't love, you don't know God. I didn't see it. I'm just reading the Bible. For God is love. It means that, stay verse 8. It means that God equals love. You can Anytime you see God, God is present, love is abundant. When God is not in a situation, then there is, in quotes, love. Who I feel love. <laughs> it's not love because God is not in it. There is hate when God is not in. There is unforgiveness when God is not in. There, is, there are all sorts of things. I'm talking about the love because you and I do not have the capacity to love without God. Because he is equal to love. I want to love more than I need more of God. Because God is love. Am I saying something to someone? So if God is love, you remember, I'll just quickly say it. When the, the Bible says in Acts 6, 1 to 4, 5, Acts chapter 6 from verse 1, there was a time that during the daily ministration, the disciples began to multi, uh, uh, murmur, were multiplied, and then the Grecians or the Hellenistic Jews began, to, or the, the people from the Hellenistic era began to murmur because they were being neglected in the daily ministration. Hallelujah. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, let our, look ye out among you. Seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now, verse 3. 
Look out among the brethren. Seven men of honest report. That one, you, you, you don't need to have word of wisdom to know those who have honest report with time. Full of wisdom, you know. But how can you find someone who is full of the Holy Ghost? Because the Holy Ghost, he's inside of you. And how are you going to know someone full of the Holy Ghost? You, don't, you can't see into their spirit. The other two, they are seen outwardly. How can you know someone who is full of the Holy Ghost? Someone who is full of the Holy Ghost is someone who is full of God. Someone who is full of God is someone who is, who is full of God equals love. So they looked for those who were, who were full of love. When you see someone full of love, you see someone full of the Holy Ghost. Because you are seeing someone full of God. But God is equals to love. It's just like math. When you see A plus B is equals to 2 and you have A is 1, what is B? B must be 1. So you can, or, or better to say, if A is equal to God and A is equal to love, Anywhere you see A, you can place God or love there. God equals love. Spirituality is not Shandala, the one who prays, prays the longest in tongues. The one who blows power. That one, hey, take it one. Don't worry, those things, we are, we, 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 we are, God is about to, God is doing something fantastic with us. Very soon, they'll be blowing very soon they'll be blowing. We'll blow. Power, the power of God will fall. You see, there's going to be so much power of God in our midst that I've always said it, that one day the podium is split in two because of the glory. We'll see the glory cloud. It's come, God, by the grace of God, is coming soon. So we'll blow, but that's not someone full of the Holy Ghost. No matter how you blow, even if you raise from the dead. I tried to raise from the dead Three, yeah, I said that last week two times. Three times. A child, two, the second child, third, three. I tried to raise from the dead three times in the hospital. I went to the hospital. One was in the house when the person had died. And we went there. The first two times were in the hospital. The nurses, we said, drive them out. And I tried to raise the dead. Even if I were to raise that, 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 those dead people, it's not... It doesn't mean I'm full of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean I'm very spiritual. Even though before I die, I raise Smith Ghost Red, raised, I think I some say 12, some say 21. 21. Yeah. But in the name of Jesus, before I die, I'll ask God, God, why? If I die before raising 22 from the dead. Yeah. Why not? More than 22. Therefore, 100 is also part of it. More than, more than 22. Not only in a service, but I'm talking about first life. Okay, let's go. If you see anyone who's... As for me, dying without me praying and trying to call your body back. Uh, yeah. No one would just die around me without a fight. <laughs> Someone, two people's children, young children died. I tried to raise them. The woman who died of breast cancer in Jesus' name tried to raise her from the dead. The first time I was with the pastor and he had 
two, or second, two times, and I, I, I was saying to myself, maybe oh, that pastor was doubting that I'll go to my term next time. <laughs> but it's no doubting. It's just that it didn't work that time. Whether pastor or no pastor, by, by God's grace, it will work. I've gone to hospital to raise cancer, whatever it is. I don't refuse it because Jesus never refused. Anytime someone said, please, Jesus, whatever is sick, please come and heal them, he went. So if I'm trying to follow Jesus, I don't, there's an, all I ask is, the person, I must find a relative of the person to call me so that they are not insulted by my presence. If someone is about to die and people feel that I want to grieve, how dare you come and you want to raise from the dead, how dare you? Get out of here. I don't want that. So call me. That's the only condition I'll come. So there was a child who was in a coma, who was in a coma, tubes all over, having seizures. So they put him in a coma, hopeless case, most likely ready to die. And one of the pastor's wives told me that, look, my, my, relative, my colleague's child is in this situation. You want to come and pray for them? for him. And I said, I want to, but she must call me first. She called me and I went there. When I saw, as soon as I entered the room, it was it felt heavy. And I said to myself, hey, what have I done? Am I going to waste my time? Because the hopelessness in what I see. But I just prayed in faith. Left. A few days later, the guy was finished and home. Relaxed. The boy. But that is not the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Ghost. That doesn't mean I'm full of the Holy Ghost. The last crusade, the blind eyes was the norm. Blind eyes. Deaf ears. But that doesn't mean I'm full of the Holy, I'm, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. What proves you are full of the Holy Ghost is that you are walking in love. People can see love. Kenneth Hagen, his funeral, most of it was talking about how he loved people. Kenneth Hagen, love was seen. So, so you and I, as we are working on faith and asking God to increase our faith and we are reading the Bible for more faith, we must also work on our love walk. Our love walk because faith that worketh by love, that's what counts. It's faith that works by love. It's faith that works by love. It's faith that works by love. Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 20 to 23 or to 24. Faith that works by love. Oh, we didn't finish. Let's, let's finish. We'll get to, so we are in 1 John 4, 7. Let's continue. No, never mind. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Another. Okay, let's continue to, when we till get to verse 16. Oh, glory. Verse 8. 1 John 4. Is there 8? He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Continue. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. If God so loved us, no man had seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. He
hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he gave he has given us of his spirit very important and we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world are we listening whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God God dwelleth in him and he in God and we know and, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us God is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him let's continue we'll go to 21 herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment please go back it means that to have boldness in the day of judgment you need love herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world there is no fear in love because perfect love when you know the love of God you know how God loves you you love God and you love your neighbor you will not fear because perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment quick. And he that feareth is not made perfect in love. <clears throat> you there's, there's no one who has pure love who is afraid. You know God's love. How can you fear when you know the deep riches of God's love? God loves us affectionately. He watches for us carefully. How can you be afraid when you know how deep God's love is that he did not spare his own son? How can you be afraid? That's what the Bible is saying. We love him because he first loved us. <clears throat> Verse 20 and 21. Are you ready? If a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. So how can a person say, oh, I love God? Sing. Now let's go back to verse 20. How can someone say, I love God? Remember that there are two parts here. If a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he's a liar. Now he explains it. The one who says he loves God, whom he has not seen, how can he say he loves his neighbor, um, he does not love his neighbor, who he can see? <clears throat> Did you get that? If you love God, it's proved by how you love your neighbor. That's what did you get to that? <clears throat> Can you repeat what I just said? Preaching. Bombing. <clears throat> Abortion clinics is not love. Even if you are doing it in the name of the Lord. There are many people doing things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ who have, who have nothing to do with Christ or rather to say Christ is not part of what they are doing. Leave them, pray for them. Why don't you spend time on your knees now instead of taking a bomb? Why are you abusing the name? 
People use Christianity to do so many things, to enrich themselves, to exploit people. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20 to 24. <clears throat> Are you getting the word? <clears throat> For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. He knows all things. He knows our hearts. If he's greater than our hearts, he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. If our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Did you get that? When you have confidence towards God, then, so beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. Now pause here. Because it's very, we need verse 22 and 23. Go to 1 John 5, 13 to 15. It's going to tie smoothly with verse, this verse. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Verse 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. We'll talk about that later. But you realize that that comes because of the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, go back to 1 John 3, 21. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask him anything according to his will, what is the will of God? The word of God. If you ask him anything with scripture backing, oh, glory to God. If you ask God anything with scripture backing what you are asking for, then you will have the petitions that you desire of him. Verse 20. Now, the Bible is saying that if, question 3, please focus, please. If our heart, beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. Then have we what? Confidence toward God. And if we ask anything. Verse 21. Please focus. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. Verse 22. And whatsoever we ask. Did you get that? We receive of him. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Now, do you want to know how to be able to receive of him guaranteed when you ask? And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Why? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, you are talking about when your faith seems weak. Now, this verse is giving you a guarantee that your faith will not be weak any longer. Why? Because when you ask him, you receive the thing you've asked for. Now, let's look at 23. What is his commandment? And this is his commandment. When you are preaching, when I'm preaching on the name of Jesus, we'll, go, we'll, we'll let's talk about the first part. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. What's the second? And love one another as he gave us commandment. There you go. So if you are not working in love, you are not guaranteed answered prayer. 
and therefore your faith will most likely seem weak because you've not gotten what you are looking for. Did you get that? What am I saying? I'm saying that when you love, you would have confidence. And whatever you ask God, he will give it to you because you are walking in love and you believe on his name. There is a difference between believing in Jesus and believing in his name. There are many good Christian folk, good Christian people who believe in Jesus so well and are heaven bound and pleasing God, but they will die early. And they will have a good, glorious home going. <laughs> Where the angels will bow. When, when we go, the angels, we will judge angels. So they will bow. Yes, thank you. You are welcome home. But because I believe in Jesus, but I believe that, oh, maybe he wants me to die. Or maybe he wants me to come home. Or maybe he's not giving me faith to be healed. Versus believing in his name. The name which unlocks every door. The name that once mentioned, heaven takes, pays attention and God has to honor it because he's exalted his name above everything else. Which we'll talk about when we are talking about the name of Jesus. But and love one another as he gave us commandment. Love, glory to God. Am I preaching to somebody here? And love one another as he gave us commandment. Let me wrap up with, wow, let me wrap up with a couple of verses <clears throat> today. I'll try to conclude next week, God willing. Romans 13, 8 to 10. Now we've heard a lot about love. We've seen that love is so important. Now what is love? We'll touch on first part this week and then next week we'll talk on the next. Romans 13, 8. Oh, no man anything means don't owe money. How can you be someone who is owing when God, <laughs> when God says that you'll be the lender and not the borrower? Why don't you want that verse to be a reality in your life? How can it be a reality in your life when you are owing? Do you know when you have bonds, they owe you? So you can even fulfill that scripture by having bonds. Then the company owes you. Oh, glory. Bonds are dead. Glory. You'll be a lender. I said you'll be a lender. You will be lenders. And not borrowers. So the Bible is telling us to walk in faith. To walk in the promises of God. To walk in the promise that says, please, verse 8. To walk in the promise that says, you'll be a lender. And not a borrower. So he's telling you in advance, owe no man anything. You, you and I owe a debt to each other. What's that debt? Love. Owe no man anything but to love one another. So I owe you a debt and you owe me a debt. And that debt is love. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. When we are talking about the love walk, we will go through, you see how the Old Testament, all the laws, were, com were combined into ten commandments. And the ten commandments are combined into two, which are the first and the second commandment. Oh, no man anything. 
but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the whole law of Moses. That's serious. The law of Moses is fulfilled when you love. Verse 9. Now it explains it. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Think about it. Don't commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Ooh. Include sneaking pads out of the office block. Don't shut me down, preaching go here. Or faking documents or faking things and getting extra. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Oh, how the church is full of false witnesses. Where deep in your heart you are not sure, but you say it as fact. I was there. <laughs> I was there, but you didn't, re- you didn't say that it was maybe a two-hour uh, 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 part service or whatever, and you're only there for the last 20 minutes. You didn't say that. And therefore, you don't know what was said there because you only knew the last 20 minutes. You didn't say that you were in the service and you heard what he said. So you bore false witness without realizing it. But there are some two who also know their eyes are open and they bear false witness. You might be having a meeting with some people trying to encourage them. You know what? I love this work I'm doing or this group. I love them. I want you to stay in this job. I'm about to leave this company. I want to encourage you to stay. And you are encouraging people because of how you love them. Then a false witness will go and go and tell other people that look, he's trying to convince them to join him. And they are trusting God and they are praying. And they are trusting God that God things will be well with me. No, please change because God does not like false witnesses. Thou shalt not covet. Don't take something that is somebody's. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended, combined in this saying. Namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Love does not do wrong to your neighbor. Love does not intentionally do something wrong to discredit or to hurt the neighbor. Or to go around, it's like I want to try to justify myself. I'm trying to look good. I look bad, but I'm trying to look good. So let me find ways to pull someone down, put someone down, discredit someone. Let me say things which deep down in my heart I know are not true so that I'll discredit the person. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Let's take this. It's only best thing. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So for me, I try my best. I would prefer to go and be ashamed to say that, look, I thought this, but I was wrong. Oh, I pray to the Lord God that I'll never change that. And you make it even stronger. If I've said something about somebody and I'm not sure, I'll go and say, look, I'm sorry, I was not sure. Because God is watching it. God is watching it. Because because of what you said, 
the person who might have been A will be seen as B. And they are clapping for you. But God has seen it. The Bible says, and the Lord saw it. Because you and I, our duty is not to owe anything but love. I have a debt to you. You have a debt to me. I have a debt to all of you. And that debt is love. That debt is love. When we walk in love, we will be guaranteed victory in faith. I'm not out of word. I'm just out of time. Shall we stand to our feet? And let's speak to the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to give us grace to increase our love walk. Our love to God. For God. And our love for each other. Because in Christ Jesus, circumcision doesn't matter. No uncircumcision. But faith that is demonstrated by love. Lord, because of my love, for, and I, because I want to love, Lord, please give me the grace to love. Help me to love. I want my faith to be complete. I want my faith to work. Give me the grace to walk in love. To walk in obedience to you, O oh God, and to walk in love. May I know where the opposition comes from. Also, Lord, may I know, oh God, that I need to walk in love. May I overcome and lay aside every sin and every weight that so easily besets me. May I walk in love towards God and towards another. Lord, forgive me for every time I have not walked in love towards someone. I've lied on someone. Forgive me for all the times I have spoken ill against someone. Forgive me for all the times I have said things about someone. This we should, let's take this prayer very seriously. And those watching, especially some of those who are watching to make, make note. For, ask God, forgive me for all the times I have done things not working in love. All the times I have said things, I have done things just to be able to write and say that this person, this is, yeah, this person has said this thing wrong. Yes, let, yeah, we're right. Lord, forgive me. I pray, ask God to forgive you. Lord, forgive me. For all the things I have done that does not glorify you, oh God. Let me walk in love. Let me love my neighbor. Let me not hate. Let me not try to discredit. Let me not do well. Let me not work ill against my neighbor. But let me rather pray for my neighbor. If I feel my, pray, my neighbor has gone off, let me pray for the God who is able to bring back. If I feel that my neighbor is wrong or has this, uh, honored me or has, has gone against me, let me pray for the person that God will restore the person. Lord, let me walk in love. Let me not try to find ill. Let me not try to find fault. But let me glorify you, O oh God. Because love is the greatest your word says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, Now there remaineth faith, hope, and love. 1 Corinthians 13, 14. Now there remaineth faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So Lord, because I know love is the greatest, let me focus on love also. 
Let love be strong in my life. Let me walk in love. First Corinthians 13, 14. Let me walk in love. Because love is the greatest. Yes, I must have hope. Yes, I must, I must have faith. But Lord, I want love to rule in my life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Shall we just pray for a couple of minutes? Shall we just pray for a couple of minutes? I want, you, I want to encourage us to meditate on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. Just meditate upon it because it is very important. Many Christians focus on many other things, but they don't focus on their love work. But the Bible says that love is the greatest. Let me give. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. First Corinthians 13, 13. Now there remaineth faith, hope, and love. Father God, let my love work be complete. Let it be complete, O oh God. Let it be complete. I want to encourage us. First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13. Just walk in love. Ask God to give you the greatest. To give you the greatest, which is love. It's more important to love. How important it is to walk in faith, walk in hope, walk in love. But as you and I are walking in faith, speak to the Lord. As I'm walking in faith, as I'm walking in hope, Lord, I want my love to abound. Because your word says the greatest is love. In the name of Jesus Christ. Whilst we are watching, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you know in your heart that you are not born again, if you know in your heart that you need your sins to be forgiven, if you know that if you die today, you don't know whether you go to heaven or hell, you know that you are far away from God, but you want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, you want Jesus Christ to save you, then I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. If you've said this prayer, you are born again. Your sins are forgiven. You are washed with the blood of Jesus. And there is rejoicing in heaven because of you. Just because of you. God bless you. And shall we take our seats? It's time for us to pay our tithe and give our offering.
time is fast spent, so I'll just encourage us. It's a good thing to pay your tithe. It's a good thing to give your offering and to pay your tithe. It is a blessing from the Lord. It is a blessing from the Lord. Oh, yes, in Jesus' name. Shall we raise our tithe? Father God, bless my tithe. Bless our tithe. I know, oh God, that it's a good thing. Father God, we know it's a good thing to tithe. You've given us promises of blessings from heaven and you preventing our monies from going because of our tithe. Father God, we trust you and we will pay our tithe to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So you can look on the screen. Is it on the screen? Oh, yes, so you can look on the screen. Text give. Those here, you can also just look on the screen. Text give to 817-826-9772. Or you can take a screenshot or the app. You can just go on the app. Do we all have the app? Yes. Very good. So it's very easy. When I'm paying my tithe, I just go to the app. Very easy. You just click. A few seconds, you are done. Hallelujah. If you have your offering, you can raise your offering. Shall we pray? Father God, bless our offering. May our offering be used to glorify your name. Increase the fruit of our righteousness. Increase our giving. Increase our finances and every good thing about us because we give to bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's share a word of blessing. Father God, we thank you for each and every one of us here and those online. Father God, we pray that you bless and you keep. Father God, sustain us sustain and secure us in every good thing, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, O oh God, that we will indeed be the head and not the tail. We will indeed be the lenders and not the borrowers. Father God, we thank you for all the blessings you have in store for us in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God bless you all on, online. I want to say God bless you and shalom, shalom. Till next time.